0: welcome to the best coast fantasy football podcast my name is brandon i'm here with the worth brothers josh and jordan how you guys doing what's going on everybody oh week two in the books waivers of ran did you guys get anybody uh anybody you guys put in for
1: well we kind of had an interesting situation in league of record and i don't really want to go into details yet because it hasn't fully sorted itself out and so i kind of had to adjust a bid a little bit uh the players that were dropped Tuesday before waivers ran it's still like forced a full 24 hour thing so they're not gonna
0: run until tonight. I did notice that too. Yeah I was I was talking to, to Josh about that um, as well. so I did get one of the players that I wanted. actually I got two I'm just I, I wish they would just rule Dalton Schultz out. But they haven't, so I can't put them in my IR. So I don't have a kicker right now. Um, but um, it's you know we'll we'll get that's, it figured out.
1: That's the move right there, man. I I am struggling. Like I want to make that move, but I've got Tyler Bass, and the way the Bills have been putting up points, I don't really want to drop him for like a speculative ad when I need to start him every week. So it's yep. it's tough.
0: Yeah, you've had, thing. like, there's few kickers, like, you just, you don't want to let go, and, and it, you know, I've, I'm fortunate, I just, I've been streaming whoever, just picking somebody up, it's not a big deal, but, like, you know, you got Justin Tucker, or McPherson, or, you know, Bass, it's, it's hard to let them go, so.
2: Yeah, Um, you know, I didn't really get any waivers done that I really needed too but i i swapped out some defenses that's one thing if you if you guys are happy with your team at least like you can always tinker and see what matchups are coming up and grab a defense that you like better for the next two weeks over the one that you've got something like that yeah
0: i've got denver's defense but i'll probably be doing the same thing i'll probably have to i mean we've got some matchups with the chargers and the chiefs and you know as much as i want to start them i will probably be dropping them for those matchups we just don't have deep enough I- benches for me to stock two of them
1: man i tell you that's something i've had a lot of success with in the past is just like putting in a one dollar bid and getting the defense that i want it seems that in your home league like a lot of people kind of don't pay attention to defense as much they're really focused on running back and wide receiver so Uh, sometimes they'll be trying to make those moves later in the week. And if you just, uh, remember to do that during your Tuesday waiver wire period, you can just snag a really good defense for, for nothing, or at least a defense that has good matchups.
0: Some defenses have been winning some leagues lately too. I mean, yeah, that Bucks, Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh, the Bucks, Miami week one. I mean, there's been some massive, massive numbers put up by some of these defenses. So you know, I did overpay like drastically in, in our dynasty league for Noah Brown, but you know, it's dynasty. I mean, the chances of using all of our fab too is pretty slow, pretty slim because we just, we have such deep benches and everything. So didn't hurt yeah, me that not, bad, a, but.
1: not a lot out there. I, I was, uh, while we we're on the subject of streaming defenses, I was going to ask you guys about the Cleveland defense. Uh, I know that Jadavian Clowney going to miss this week and uh, Miles Garrett showed up on the injury report and I don't think he was practicing today. Uh, they play home against Pittsburgh on Thursday night football. Would you play them if Clowney and Garrett are both out?
2: If they're both out, no way. Yeah, you actually brought them up and they're the, the team that I'd swapped out i was pretty happy with them as my defense for the first opening weeks but then these injuries are happening pittsburgh looks like they're able to move the ball at least um so yeah i went ahead and swapped them out and grabbed the eagles d they play the commanders this week but they were just able to you know hold the vikings to a really lackluster performance so
0: oh man slay was incredible in that game. dude he's so good oh my goodness he's a ball hawk it was crazy that (laughs) was crazy. Yeah, but I mean, no, if they're both out, I wouldn't. If Garrett is still playing, I would consider it. I mean, he's just he's a game changer in general. Uh, You know, the Steelers. Yeah, they're moving the ball, but they're not really scoring a lot. So, you know, it's it's not a bad defense to stream, really. Uh, I really liked their first four four weeks that they they had. So it's somebody that I would consider starting if but only if Garrett's playing. If if Garrett and Clowney are out, I just don't. I don't think you can start them.
1: All right. There's a couple good defenses out there that are pretty low ownership. Uh, I see currently on our waivers, at least the Chiefs D play at Indy. They're a favorite. Uh, and the Niners are a favorite at Denver. Both of those defenses have been pretty good so far on the year. So I think those those aren't too bad or.
0: Uh, uh, I th- I think those are my two favorites right now. And honestly, with the way Denver's moving the ball, <laughs> uh, the Niners defense is, you know, looking pretty good. I, I mean, yeah, we've fumbled a few times, but we're just not we're not scoring. So it I feels like that a, is going to end up being a low scoring game.
2: It feels like one of those games where it's like a tinderbox, though, man. The whole thing could just go just blow up and, you know, San Francisco and, and Denver could both show how good their offense is in this game. They yeah. could. I
1: think yeah. I like the Chiefs better at the Colts just slightly. Just uh they're gonna put points up. The Colts have really struggled, and if they're trying to sling the ball to come back in the second half, that could lead to some turnovers. So
2: I like and if that Pittman's a no
0: go, if he ends up not playing, the Chiefs Whoa. are a, oh, that's a that's great smash. start. That's a great that's a
2: very start. good point. That's the other thing. You're kind of betting on that then too, and you get it to kind the kind of depends benefit.
0: on yeah, it depends on Pittman. He was back at practice, but um you know it kind of depends on how he uh if he if he's a go or not for week three because that offense clearly did not have the pass catchers to move the ball and they just you know stacked the box and they took Taylor out of the game too so uh, I just jump uh, into the news I though, just went bit. ahead
1: and made that move and grabbed the chief's defense and dropped the
2: browns yep smart move smart move oh I dropped um, the Browns before this podcast
0: no. yeah <laughs> differently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's jump into the news uh we're gonna we're gonna kind of go through this pretty quick on the news side because there is wednesdays there tends to be a lot of people on the injury report so you know some of these can be you know taken with a grain of salt pay attention to it thursday friday if they keep missing practice you know friday then it's something to definitely pay attention to but back at practice um was limited at practice we know he has the The back injury, Um, he seems to be playing through it, but keep an eye on it toward the end of the week because that'll. Now also has an
2: ankle injury.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know about the ankle injury, so you know that's something to monitor going into this weekend because that's going to determine the play. You know, the the pass catcher is there as well as Camara. If he's a go, he is practicing. Uh, Last I heard, it does sound like he's going to go week three, but keep an eye on it Thursday and Friday. Uh, Same thing as last week because he ended up being a a pretty late scratch last week. Uh, Herbert was limited at practice, saw that coming. I think he's going to be limited all week, but I do anticipate him playing this weekend. Uh, Lamar Jackson had some uh, elbow soreness, but doesn't seem to be any issue, just giving him kind of the day off. Uh, should be good to go this
2: weekend. I think the problem uh, is his arm's just on fire. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. <laughs>
1: After yeah, that last he... performance, no doubt. <laughs> Whew. Yep. Uh, Still managed Gabe to Davis lose that was, game, uh, but it was a
0: heck of that's a That's not his fault. Nope. <laughs> I, it, no. No, no, it, it's not. I can't believe they lost that game. Uh, Gabe Davis was limited at practice. Uh, that's something to monitor for sure, because he did have that ankle sprain um, late last week. So keep an eye on that toward the end of this week to see if he's going to be a go. I don't think that offense skips a beat, though, even if he's not a go. Uh, but definitely he's somebody that I'm going to have in my lineup if he is a go because that offense just looks incredible right now. I, no one seems to be able to slow them down. Uh, Keenan Allen did some individual work on the the side today. Um, I'm not sure where he's sitting at, whether he's gonna going to be a go. They talked about him possibly playing week three, but I would certainly monitor him the rest of this week. If he is not a go, would you guys put Josh Palmer back in your lineup? Is he somebody that you'd be be willing to flex?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing to flex Palmer if Keenan Allen's out. And uh, I'm starting Mike Williams either way because I think even if Keenan Allen's out there, they may uh, just try and limit his touches a little bit and just game plan for Mike Williams more with him being uh, a focal point during practices going into this week.
2: So uh, I like that. That's pretty much how I'm looking at it, too. I probably I'm
1: like I'd prefer to wait a week on Keenan Allen, even if he does play this week, if I've got him, if you got to start him then, you know, in a full PPR, absolutely. But I'd, I'd like to wait, even if he's back, just give him a week to get back into the offense.
0: Those hamstring injuries scare me anyways, because a lot of For them sure. come back, they rush back and then they end up with, uh, you know, reaggravation or something early in the game. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a wait on that one. Uh, Pittman seems to be back at practice. Like we said, Um, could be, you know, a go, uh, this week, which would be huge for that offense. Same with Alec Pierce. Um, they needed it. It showed last week that the pass catchers that they did have out on the field last week couldn't get it done. And Matt Ryan had nowhere to throw the ball and they couldn't move the ball. They got blanks by the Jags. So hopefully he's back out there. I could really use him back out there. (laughs) He's one of my main wide receivers in almost all of my leagues. So Fantasy players
1: uh, really want to see him back out there. So hopefully oh, he's, he's so good to fun go.
0: to watch. He's so fun to watch. Uh, James Connor uh, is day to day. Doesn't seem like he's going to miss the game, though. Uh, I Did he practice at all today?
1: Uh, yeah, was he did. He... he did get in okay. some practice today. They're considering him day to day, but it sounds like he's going to go as long as there's no setback. So just keep an eye on the
0: news. OK, uh, Law Burks was limited at practice as well. Uh, did this happen late in the game? Is is that something that happened late in the game? Was it a, you know, that caused him to be limited this week? I, I didn't really see anything until today.
1: I didn't either, and I didn't catch any details on what was going on with it, but I did see that he was uh, changed from uh, healthy to questionable and that he only did a limited practice today. So okay. uh, we'll, we'll have to keep watching watch
2: for details. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Phillips is the same situation, too. He had a shoulder injury late in the game, I guess. He
0: didn't play this weekend, though, did he? he yeah, yeah he low. did. One, one he catch. ended up playing? Okay. Um, his JK, his target
1: share in that offense is still really good. I just want to bring that up. I like Kyle Phillips going forward, especially a full PPR, but you might want to give him a couple weeks to get healthy and, and establish what he was doing in this offense. Yeah, um, he's yeah he good. only had one
2: target last week. Yeah. Yeah, he was up banged up from targets. week one. Yeah, Burks yeah. did.
0: Yeah, I think Burks is going to start getting a little bit more involved as the weeks go on in that offense. Um, you know, he, he looked pretty good, had nine targets. That offense just has to start moving the ball, though. I mean, that offense looks really, really bad. Henry is not really – they're not really utilizing him. He's not really running the ball much. Um, so hopefully that offense starts moving a little bit. Um, J.K. Dobbins re- returned to a full practice again. It's looking more and more like week three is going to be his debut. But again, like we've talked about in previous episodes, uh, he's somebody I would wait and see before I throw him in. I know that offense wants a running back and they need a running back, but um, I think even when he does make his debut, he's going to for sure be on a snap count, um, you know, just, just to ease him in. So keep an eye on that though, but I would wait for sure. If he is a go, I'd wait for sure this week. Are you guys the same way or would you – throw him in now yeah. that he's had another week of rest no I, I'd wait and yeah, see what his usage research.
1: looks like okay
0: uh, George Kittle was a limited participant in practice today uh, not sure what that means for Kittle haven't seen him out on the field yet um, I think he should take another week of rest I mean I would you know love to see him get fully healthy You know, just are just you facing be, him this safe. week it has, my Broncos are <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's
1: right. Yeah. Uh, Broncos Niners. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think a lot of people who own so, I mean, Kittle are ready for him to be back out there. And with, uh, Jimmy G at the helm, I think people are probably pretty excited for him to get back out there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I hope he's good to go.
0: Yeah. Um, so the players that were not at practice this week, uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, concussion, uh, suffered a concussion on that uh, fumble at the end of the game last week. Uh, keep an eye on that for the rest of the week. If he clears protocol, it doesn't seem to be too bad of concussion. So I would anticipate that he's out there on week three, but monitor it all week to see when he clears protocols. Uh, Jerry Judy was not at practice with the rib injury. Uh, I haven't heard anything. He's still day to day. So, uh, if Judy is a no go this weekend, um, Corlin Sutton is a as a smash play should get every target possible, but I worry about uh, Russell Wilson this week if uh, Judy is not not a go because Niners have a good defense, and then that really limits our our uh, pass catching ability out there. So um, Jacoby Myers was not at practice for a knee injury, and it sounds like Zach Wilson uh, is definitely out week three, but it sounds like he could be back week four. So uh, I don't know if that's good or bad news for the Jets, but he uh, will be back out there. Dawson Knox uh, was uh, not at practice for a foot injury. Um, I haven't really heard anything about that one. Do you guys know any more information on that?
1: Or just I haven't heard because of it? I haven't okay. heard much. I don't think it's uh, super serious. So we'll just monitor practice reports and just see uh, uh it could have just, you know, it's Wednesday practice like you mentioned a lot of the veterans miss this if they have any kind of thing going on. So uh it, as long as he's back at practice for like Friday, I'll be I'll be fine with him.
0: Yeah. Uh Chris Godwin and Julio Jones were both not at practice again today. And with the Mike Evans suspension, that does not leave them with a whole lot. Um, I'm 100% fading Tom Brady this week uh, in every possible way that you, if you can, Um, they just do not have a lot of options. They are going up against a a decent Green Bay defense. Um, I mean, the Green Bay defense hasn't been what we expected it to be, but they're, they're still, they're, they're out there. They're a good defense. So without those two, if Godwin or Julio, either one is a go, are they automatically in your lineup or are you worried about starting them?
2: I'm a little worried about this Tampa Bay offense, aside from maybe like Leonard Fournette. And that's you know, that's just kind of where I sit right now. I want to see these it's, guys healthy. I want to see Mike Evans on the field after the suspension, and then I'll be ready to, you know, rock with some of those passing options. But if there's just one guy that they need to shut down, they can probably do it.
0: Yeah, I I worry I worry because of one, if there was any type of reaggravation when you put them out there Two, if they're on a snap count, I mean, we just really don't know because both of these guys have been battling injuries since week one. And so, you know, I just don't know what it's going to be. I mean, I would love to start one of them. I own both of them in different leagues. And so, you know, I'm not really sure, but I mean, they, <laughs> it would be hard to not put, you know, Godwin in your lineup if. Evans is out. I mean, pretty much everybody's out. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I would, I would probably pivot on these guys if, if possible. So, um, all right, let's jump over to, uh, a segment that we call a temperature check. It's just some players that are either underperforming or overperforming right now. And, and where we see them kind of at on the season. Um, you know, Uh, Josh, why don't you talk about your first one?
2: All right. The first one I want to bring up is Curtis Samuel. He was the week one waiver wire pickup that probably everybody snagged. Maybe he was a late round pick in your draft. And if that's the case, great job. Uh, You saw something coming that most people didn't. He's wide receiver nine right now in half point PPR leagues. Um, And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty hot on him. I'm going to put him in my flex this week. Where do you guys stand?
0: I agree. I mean, it's hard to believe that you could actually say, if you would have told me at the start of this year that there was three pass catchers on the Washington Commanders that I could start or at least flex on a weekly basis, I would have told you there's no chance. But, I mean, you could start Jahan Dotson, you could start Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin. I mean, all three of them have the ability to score. Uh, Curtis Samuel's getting a ton of targets. He scored a touchdown last week. I'm blown away. I mean, I don't know how, if he can keep it up the whole season, but, I mean, he has been a draft and waiver wire steal. Uh, I'm I'm amazed by what he's doing and that offense in general. I mean, do you think they keep it up? We were kind of talking about this earlier with the, the possible Wentz trade between me and Jordan. Is this something you think they keep up the whole season?
1: I'm I'm a little bit worried, uh, which is why the trade hasn't been accepted yet, because we've seen Wentz have, you know, uh stretches where he's really dominant, and then we've seen stretches where he really just struggles to even keep the ball on his own team's offense. So um I think going forward, I worry about his turnovers increasing. I worry about if they're you know, in big game situations, him not making great decisions, but it seems like the volume is there. So I think these guys are going to continue to see a lot of targets with the three. And if there were an injury to one of them, then the other two are going to have massive volume. So uh, I think Curtis Samuels definitely somebody that you can continue to play at this schedule. They play Philly and then at Dallas, those aren't great matchups, but then they play at home against Tennessee at Chicago for week five and six. So those aren't too bad. Um, Then they got green Bay and Indy. It's really not, not a terrible schedule. So uh, as long as people stay healthy there, um, I think you can continue with him. I don't think he's going to stay the wide receiver nine, but Uh, that's part of that is there's so many targets to go around in that offense that, um, I think you're going to see Dotson and Terry McLaurin catch up to him a little bit in the volume department. So those things could get spread around a little more. If you could capitalize on that value right now, I think that's a great idea is to try and trade from a Curtis Samuel into uh, a piece that you feel a little more confident in for the
0: full season like a Curtis Samuel plus something for, you know, a, a, a tier above, um, you know, wide receiver. I think that's, I think that's certainly doable, especially right now. Um, I mean, I, I see them, I see him finishing. I, I would be kind of surprised if, if he stays healthy finishing outside as outside of a wide receiver too. Um, I mean, it'd be kind of crazy for all three of them to finish there, but I mean, it's, it's certainly, possible if that offense keeps going. And like you said, they do have a little bit easier of a schedule, but I just, I mean, I don't see a wide receiver one finish for them. I think it's eventually going to catch up and we've, we've seen, we've had some, some slow starts to some offenses out there too, that eventually some of those wide receivers are going to start picking it up and, and moving their way up into that, you know, wide receiver one territory. I mean, we had Pittman out week two, so he's down around wide receiver 27 right now. You know, so some of those things are a little skewed with how these players have kind of started out the season, but I certainly see him as a flex option. Absolutely, uh, Jordan. Why don't you talk about your first one?
1: Yeah, so I wanted to talk about Joe Burrow. Uh, he's currently QB eleven. He was drafted or at around QB six or QB seven, maybe even earlier that than that in some leagues, uh, based off what he did at the end of last year. So far this year, that offense has really struggled. His offensive line is, is having a lot of issues trying to protect him and keep him on his feet. I believe he had six sacks. He was sacked six times, I mean, this this last game. So where are you guys at with Joe Burrow? Do you think that he's going to turn things around? Do you think that the offensive weapons will at least help turn things around a little, even if he doesn't have the upside
2: that he had last year? Or are you worried? Oh, uh, let me jump in here. I think that this is going to be, you know, this is going to be tough for fantasy managers. And it's one of the reasons why I wasn't drafting Joe Burrow. I think he's going to have, well, at his ADP at least, I think he's going to have um, a lot of games that are just up and down. And part of that is this O-line is not as good as it was, you know, chalked up to be in the off season when they made some some moves. And,
0: $74 million. That's how much they spend on their offensive line.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, they th- he's been sacked 13 times already this season.
0: That's so, like a crazy, pace of like 111 sacks or something this year. I was
2: going <laughs> to bring it up later in the episode and see if you guys could just guess that off the top of your head, but I'm just going to bring it up right now because it's an insane number to me and I haven't gotten it off of my head since. So he had, he was sacked six times last game and seven times in the first game against Pittsburgh.
0: Wow. Yeah. No, It's ridiculous. I'm worried. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I was, I was kind of fading him at the QB five QB six where he was going. Um, I just, I think he's even sitting at QB 11 because of the slow start to some of these quarterbacks too. I mean, Dak getting injured. uh, Russ has had a slow start to the season. I think that's part of why he's even sitting at QB 11 is we haven't seen really big numbers. There's a huge tear jump between our top, you know, three, four quarterbacks. And then the other guys, you know, there's been some low numbers for quarterbacks to start the year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has struggled, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, you know, all these guys have kind of had some low numbers. So he's able to hang around that QB one right now.
2: None of those guys guys, are even in the top 15 right now. This is is an interesting
1: question. I think, who do you guys think, You'd rather have the rest of the season, Joe Burrow, who's currently QB eleven, or Carson Wentz, who's currently QB four.
2: I think I'd rather have Joe Burrow.
0: That's tough to say because I know Joe, Joe Burrow has a really like has a pretty tough schedule too. Like he still has to play the Ravens. Um, you know, so he he does have a pretty a pretty tough schedule. Uh and I know Carson Wentz schedule is a little bit easier. Uh but i just think that the weapons will eventually balance it out for him uh, you know <laughs> t higgins and jamar chase and joe mixon i think eventually they're just going to like help him out enough that he's going to balance out but i could easily see him finishing in that you know 12 to 15 range which is painful for where you drafted him um so i don't know i am a little worried about it i i don't know that you could really sell him right now either though uh, for the value that you drafted him.
2: Yeah, I think I I do think good games are coming. Um, he's not gonna face that stout of a defense, you know, every week. Micah Parsons is incredible. He he got that done last week, but yeah, I'm worried. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not okay, worried well, for me... dynasty, though, right? Not no. at all for dynasty. No, not at all for dynasty. More so in redraft than anything. But, Certainly. You know, that kind of, I guess let's talk about who mine is then, because right now I'm talking about the current QB 10 in Jared Goff, which is kind of mind blowing to me. But with the weapons that he has, I mean, where do you see, you know, Jared Goff rest of season? I mean, you got Amon Ross St. Brown, you have, you know, Swift, who's doing it on 10 or fewer carries or touches, even um that offense looks really really good right now do you think he's he could sustain this long enough or do you think eventually they're going to kind of come back to earth a little bit and and goff's not going to quite finish around the area that he's at right now
1: i'd love to jump in on this one i am really high on this offense actually with the weapons that he's got around him currently and then knowing that later in the season he's going to be adding a weapon like jamison Williams. I don't know if this is going to go anywhere. The division isn't anything all that scary. The Vikings defense isn't crazy good. The Bears defense is going to be bad. So the Packers defense is good. And those games, maybe he could struggle in, but a couple bad games here and there against some tough division opponents isn't really going to change things long term. And if this team continues to become a more and more potent offense over the course of the season, I think we could easily see Goff finish as a top 10 quarterback, which is somewhat mind blowing to say.
0: It is. It's, it's been blowing my mind, like watching it, but like, you know, like we talked about those, the defenses that they're able to play and even against the Eagles who just, you know, shut down the Vikings. They still put up 35 points. You know, they still move the ball and those weapons did enough against a really good Eagles defense to help them move the ball. I mean, that says something to me, you
2: know. The, this defense uh the 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 Lions have also seems like the kind that's like sometimes it's a sieve and will absolutely allow, you know, massive points to be scored, which works in Goff's favor. He's gonna be have to you know, gonna have to throw the ball a lot. And other times they make big plays and give good field position. So, you know, that that works in his favor too. Uh higher touchdown percentage, hopefully. So I I like Goff as to you know, as a low end QB one finishing the QB 10 area like this. This seems kind of right to me.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, in a super flex league, a lot of people probably have Goff as their QB two. And if your QB one is even doing decently, you're probably in a really good position right now. So yes, uh, do you, in, a, in a two QB league, would you be looking to capitalize on the hot start that Goff has had and try and sell high? Or would you be ready to just roll with him the rest of the le- the rest of the season? Yeah, I think
2: he's a hold for me.
0: He is a hold for me, and I can tell you, I've tried to buy. I, I've, you know, I've considered going after Goff. Um, so, but to me, he's a hold. Uh, he's somebody that you don't necessarily want to get rid of because with the way that offense is going in a two QB league, I think his value is going to continue to go up throughout the year too. Uh, in a dynasty setting, it might be a little different. I might take the the high, high value that he has right now and try and move him. But if you're in a, in a redraft league or something like that, he's somebody that I'd be willing to hold on to.
2: I think we should talk about these next three guys all at once.
0: Cause they're okay. Okay. I like
2: this. We got three running backs here. Uh, I brought up James Connor, who's currently the RB 26. We got Dalvin cook who Brandon put in the show doc and RB 28. And Jordan put in Javante Williams at RB eighteen. These are all guys that you drafted in the first round. Two, if you're lucky, you got maybe James Conner in the third round. And yeah, they're all
0: they're all basically top top three rounds. Um, the, this is interesting. I I think the one that I'm the most worried about is probably the one that you put in there, Josh, in in James Conner, only because I'm completely worried about that whole offense in that's my in worry Arizona. Too they're not getting the same opportunities. I mean, he had, he had like uh, um, the most uh, red zone touches last year and they're just not getting it this year. They're just not moving the ball the same way. And then their offense often, or their defense is causing them to fall behind so much that he's not getting yeah. the same utilization that he was getting last year. So of all of them, I would <clears throat> say he's the one that I'm the most worried about. Uh, yeah. I
2: mean, their defense seems to be coming out flat and then it puts them in a position where they're you know, trying to push the ball early in the game.
0: Yeah. Where they're scrambling 85 yards to score two points. So, <laughs> you know, um, speaking on like the Dalvin cook side, you know, being the RB 28, I'm not going to lie that that has been terrible. I mean, he's, he was my redraft RB one. He's who I drafted in the first round. It's been painful to see, but at the same time, I'm not saying to really stress about him because he's getting the utilization he really is he's out on the field for like ninety seven percent of snaps he's you know out there on pass plays all that stuff like you want to have at r b1 I think the good plays are coming from him um but right now it's it it's horrible um is he somebody you guys would buy low on try and buy low on on dalvin cook I yeah. would.
1: I would definitely put some feelers out and see if I can buy low on Dalvin cook. I don't want to pay maybe the same price that you would have had to pay during draft season. But I mean, currently at RB 28, if you could buy him for what you consider like a a high end RB two or like a high-end wide receiver to somewhere in that area, somebody who's been overproducing you feel and try and get that upgrade at the running back position. Cause you're right. His volume has been great. Um, week one, if he would have scored a touchdown, he would have been like a top five RB that week. So he's getting the utilization and, uh, we're just waiting for the touchdowns to come. That's, there's going to be some positive touchdown regression and He, he struggled last year to get into the end zone, but it wasn't really his fault. It was just kind of the, the luck of the way things went. So, uh, I, I look for Dalvin cook to improve a lot as the, as the season rolls on. I, I kind of feel the same way about Javante Williams. Uh, this offense has struggled a lot more than we were predicting. We thought this would be a pretty high powered offense with Russ at the helm and so many good weapons around and, and, uh, those weapons have, have been producing okay. I mean, uh, everybody's excited about Cortland Sutton the way he's been in that offense. So we're, just, we're looking for them to kind of figure out that play calling and get Javante a little more involved around the goal line. And then I think we'll see a lot better games coming from him if they can figure that out. That's the thing, though, that, that Broncos team needs to figure out, run the ball in the red zone. It works between the 20s, and it's going to work in the red
0: zone too. I think better games are yeah. definitely coming for Javante. My worry I, for
2: Javante is that the the coaching could be the the crux of this and hold him back throughout the season, not just in who's on the field between him and Melvin Gordon, which we thought might be the problem, but in a, you know, in a much worse way of just bad play calling in in bad areas. Yeah.
0: I think I think better games are coming for him. Uh I th- I think eventually the play calling will start to figure itself out. I think right now it's um a struggle of getting the play to the line fast enough. I think as the season goes on and they start to work with each other a little bit more, I think that'll work itself out. I would be patient with Javante considering he's still sitting at the RB 18 with how bad that offensive has been. I'm not as worried about him. I mean, I think better games are going to be coming.
2: Yeah.
1: One, one thing I want to bring up about James Connor is that he has seen 10 targets in these first two weeks. So he's still going to have a solid baseline. If he's back at practice and recovered from this injury, I think he's still like a pretty good high end RB two to, to mid RB two. That's going to stabilize that position for you. So, uh, if you could buy really low on him right now, if the owner is worried and you can shore up that position, I don't hate James Connor. I'm not all that worried and i think as the season progresses kyler's gonna figure out things with this offense they're gonna get deandre hopkins back in a couple weeks so i I think things could get better there as well honestly i'm not super worried about the three of these guys how would you rank them going the rest of the season cook williams connor same all right we're all in agreement
0: I have a question. I So this is a trade that I saw on Twitter. I wanted to ask you guys about this when I put Dalvin Cook in there. One of the the trades, someone someone in a redraft league, managed, half PPR, managed to trade James Robinson and Brandon Ayuk for Dalvin Cook.
2: I wouldn't take that trade as the Cook owner, but I understand people at 0-2 get afraid. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I like the Cook side there. Generally, I would like to be on the side where I feel like I'm receiving the best player in a trade deal. It doesn't always have to be that way, you know. Sometimes you need to shore up multiple positions, and you can do that by moving a stud into a guy you think is almost as good and gaining a position somewhere else. But in this case, I would I would rather have the uh, the Dalvin Cook side.
2: Yep. Okay. I was hey, say, uh, that. before we move on to the Week Three preview. I want to share with you guys. I I have a little theory about these three running backs and some other RBs that people might be worried about. Derrick Henry uh, to be one of those. But I I really think it's just a symptom of a weird beginning of the 2022 season. And through two weeks, 17 of the top 24 flex options, so wide receivers and RBs, are wide receivers. So that leaves seven of them are running backs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, and that's historically that's going to even out through the course of the season. So we should be in for some really big running back weeks.
2: Usually what you see at the end of the season is there's there's a heavier wide receiver concentration between like position, you know, 18 and like rank number 18 and rank number 36. That's, you know, what kind of why we recommend to flex wide receivers, especially in PPR leagues. But this this 12 you know number one to number 24 spot usually you see a good mix of the two
0: yeah I think it will start to balance itself out I think Derrick Henry will be fine he started out the year last year with a terrible yards per carry all that stuff too I I mean I hope I hope that offense I mean I'm I'm a Derrick Henry owner too so are you Josh and I I hope that that offense starts to figure it out but I'm not too worried about any of these these running backs. I think it's yeah. early in the season. Don't panic sell them for nothing. I mean, that exactly. Just hold my on point. To them. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into the week three preview. Um, these odds are provided from Fox Sports when we give them so Steelers one and one at Browns one one. It's the Thursday night football game. A whopping thirty-eight and a half point over <laughs> under the Browns minus four and a half. Uh it is I'm not by far the the lowest over under, but there there's some there's some dud games this week. Um, honestly, uh, we got you know on the the Pittsburgh side of the ball, you're going to be starting Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know his targets are there. I think eventually he's going to get in the end zone. Um, Najee Harris. Uh, are you guys starting Claypool or Pickens? I did see um a uh article from i think it was i think it might have even been fox sports but they interviewed uh trubisky and he was saying that he wants to start getting pickens the ball some more um let me see it first
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, i don't i I, I wouldn't want to start him but uh you know uh shout out to the ballers i was listening to them earlier and they were talking about they don't even want uh pickens on their team currently in a redraft and that i disagree with We've seen these wide receivers take a couple weeks to get going. Uh, The best example is Justin Jefferson, who basically did nothing in his first two weeks and then took the league by storm. So I like to give these guys a little bit of time. Pickens is somebody I'd want to keep on the roster and see how the target share goes over the next two weeks. If he's still really done nothing through week three and week four, then I wouldn't want to keep him around. Um, But I'm still really excited about some of these. Some of these young guys, um, and if you've got the roster spots and you don't need to pick up a starter right away, I would I would be way more willing to hold on to a, a pickens than like Sterling Shepard or somebody like that who you might be grabbing off the waiver wire if you don't need a start right away.
0: That's yeah, I, I held on to Pickens. Um I have him in our redraft league and I just couldn't I couldn't let him go because I, I I do want to see what he can do. I mean, he was so good in the preseason. I'm curious to see if they start to get him used a little bit more. Um, on the Brown side of the ball, obviously you're starting Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Uh, one of them is going to have a good week. Uh, we just don't know which of the two. Um, they both could have good weeks if both of them end up in the end zone. Um, it is an odd week, though, so I think it's Kareem Hunt this week, right, Josh? Right, isn't that's that, correct. What we talked about? It's okay. a tails um, week, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> just, wanted to, just wanted to double check. So, um, yeah, DFS uh, start Kareem Hunt. Check. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Uh, um, so on the uh, pass catcher for the Browns, are you guys starting Amari Cooper? Had a huge bounce back week last week for them.
1: I'd prefer not to. I'm not afraid to.
0: I'm not afraid to flex him. I'm not. I, I think it balanced out last week. I think he's... I'm, I'm I think that they're gonna keep him involved uh, it helped them move the ball last week uh, I'm not afraid to flex Cooper um, as weird as that is to say I'm not afraid yeah. to so
2: yeah I think with no TJ Watt there uh, the Browns are gonna be able to move the ball pretty pretty well at least you know well enough to make this a a good enough game and and Cooper to have some usage um yeah the, I just wanted to point out that in the first game, the Pittsburgh D had seven sacks, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and a defensive touchdown. Since then, in game two, they have added one interception to that list. So yeah. having no T.J. Watt is a big deal. It's, it's definitely it's a big a deal,
1: but these are both really good defenses and bad quarterbacks. I'm a little worried about this game. So is Vegas with the low over-under. Uh, if Outside of Chubb and Hunt and Najee, I'd like to look elsewhere. Yeah, Deontay Johnson has the targets. Full PPR, he's probably going to be fine as a wide receiver two or a flex option, but I'd, I'd like to look elsewhere for some upside with guys who maybe could actually score a touchdown because this could be a lot of field goals in this game and a lot of turnovers. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, let's jump over to the Saints one and one at Panthers 0-2. Uh another whopping 40 and a half point over under <laughs> Saints minus three. Uh I think the over-under is this way. One, because the Panthers can't really seem to move the ball. And two, the Saints are dealing with uh Jameis Winston having the back injury and Camara being iffy uh, you know, in there. You're definitely um, going to be starting Camara if he's healthy. Uh, Michael Thomas and CMC. Is there anyone else that is a, I'm putting them in my lineup or I'm flexing them for sure. I know we've got DJ Moore, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and Robbie Anderson. Are you willing to roll the dice on any of those guys?
2: I'm not even touching DJ Moore if I've got gloves on right now, man. I don't want him in my yeah. lineup.
0: But he so- scored a touchdown. I'm winning, more. <laughs> The Tremble versus DJ Moore bet that we have right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, three receptions and his uh, yards were not were not anything to, to gloat about, that's for sure. I'm worried about the options in this game as well. I, I agree that uh, Kamara if he's playing. You're going to have to roll him out there. Michael Thomas has shown that he's good to go this year. And you're going to have to be a little patient with CMC while this offense hopefully figures things out. Baker's been awful. And the play calling has been terrible as well, but CMC is still one of the best players on the field, no matter yeah. who's playing who. So, so um, on top of that, though, the Saints'
2: ball. D has been very good.
1: They have been. He's going to need to be involved in the passing game to have any kind of good efficiency in this game. So you're really hoping Camara's going to, or you're really hoping McCaffrey's going to see some volume in order to supplement, you know, a little bit of lack of efficiency against a solid run defense.
0: Has he had one game over five targets yet?
1: I'd have to last I mean, two only games.
0: But I, I mean even but okay, you say it's only two games, but we're talking about Christian McCaffrey here. Like this is a guy where you you give him that you dump the ball off to him and you just let him work. Look, and I don't, don't want to make excuses for, some reason for just is not me. doing it.
1: He's had five <laughs> targets in both games, four receptions in each. Just, so that is just ridiculous. It, it's to me. not enough. You want to see him up more, close to that like eight to nine targets a game range, and I think that's going to be coming. Uh, it's going to have to if they want to try and win games. So imagine' they're and planning like on wants to the keep his job. Yeah, they, yeah, I mean the the coach is on the hot seat. Baker's on the hot seat. These guys are are not going to be able to continue just losing games and looking terrible every every week in and out they're gonna have to figure out how to get the ball to McCaffrey and DJ Moore but I I want to wait on more and I I still am rolling CMC out there confidently but you know we'd like to see the upside
0: and I would probably hold off on Olave and Landry right now with the Winston injury um I he just doesn't seem to be moving the ball really well so he's one that I would I would probably hold off on, or th- they're both ones that I would hold off on right now.
1: So. Yeah, you could, you could maybe flex Olave in like a DFS lineup as a like a contrarian play with some upside because he could catch a long bomb. Jameis is going to throw it downfield to him.
2: Are you the
0: oracle this week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Where, where's Zach when we need him? <laughs> uh, you know what I found out though, it doesn't <laughs> count, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him out right now. When he called that Irv Smith touchdown, he was ahead of us in the the stream. So he already saw the touchdown. What was he like two minutes like three full minutes ahead of us? <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm calling him out right now. He texted me afterwards. He's like, he's like, Hey, I just wanna let you know that I had already seen the touchdown. I was like, What? How are you that far ahead of us? <laughs> so yeah, that was that was pretty funny though. So okay, so uh, Zach is
1: not clairvoyant.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I never would have I
0: never would have told anybody. <laughs> I, I'm
1: glad he's not clairvoyant because he I, he's in all three of our, my leagues. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so we got the Texans 0-1 and uh, 1 at the Bears 1 and 1. Another 40 and a half point over under. Bears are favored minus two and a half. How the Bears are favored, I don't know. Like, honestly. Who do you think it's, wins it's this a, game? The it's, Texans. It's I just because
1: they're at home. It's ju- they, they give that three-point favorite to the home, home team when both teams are absolutely terrible.
0: The Texans win this game. I would bet the money line all day, no questions asked, the Texans win this game. What they about... only allowed Justin Fields to pass the ball 11 times last week it when they were bad. getting crushed.
2: It was so bad. The Bears have passed the ball just 28 times in two weeks. They threw the ball more against San Francisco in the sloshiest game I've seen in like three years than they did last week.
0: I. It was so bad. I mean, uh, I okay, so you've got – you're starting uh, – uh, David Montgomery and Brandon Cooks. Are you rolling Pierce?
1: I'm not super excited to start Brandon Cooks. This offense hasn't looked inspiring, but um, you know, as a low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three, I guess you can roll him out there.
0: Yeah.
2: uh, I've got cooks in a lineup and he's, I mean, he's going to be in there just to get me my 12 to 15 points. And that's kind of why I drafted him.
0: Uh, what about Pierce uh, started to get a little bit more involved in the offense. The coach was talking about how they really liked that. You know, he finished plays. He was running hard. He looked good. Uh, it sounds like they're going to start to get him a little bit more involved this week. Is that somebody you're willing to roll out against this bears? Yeah. If you line? need an
1: RB two start, he's not That's the worst that. place to go. Sorry. You broke up a little bit there. Um, I'm not sure if that who's in that was, on, that? but yeah, like, Pierce, um, Pierce, I'm okay with him. If you need a, an RB two to go this week, uh, he's going to see a lot of volume like he did last week. And I think that's going to continue to increase.
0: Yeah. If you had like the injury to Elijah Mitchell or something like that, and you got to roll him out there, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine with rolling him out there. Uh, if you have other options, he's not somebody I would force into my lineup, but, uh, I I definitely, I definitely think they're going to get him involved though. Um, or try to, but I still, I'm, saying it right now the texans win this game um this one uh we finally got some offense involved we got chiefs 2-0 at colts 0-1-1 50 and a half point over under chiefs minus six and a half i'm gonna be real with you I'm, i'm probably gonna be placing some parlays this week and i'm gonna take uh the chiefs six and a half i would be shocked if they didn't win by more than a touchdown with how good that offense has looked and with how bad the colts have looked if Pittman does not roll out there, I expect I expect that line to to shift. Yep, quite. A bit. I was gonna um, say
2: if you don't think Pittman's gonna start, if you've got some secret internal knowledge, like yeah, go place that bet. Yeah,
0: because I I think it goes closer to like a 10, ten ten and a half point Chiefs uh, favored if if Pittman is not rolling out there. Uh, on I mean obviously you're you're starting, uh, Mahomes Kelsey C E H. Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. Is there anyone else you're willing to start this week? We talked a little bit about Juju. Are you benching him? Are you? I know we both have him, Josh. I can tell you he's on my bench. I I, I can't do it again. This will be the week that he blows up, though. Yeah,
2: same. And uh, and that's exactly how I feel about it. I'm worried that you know, but that's the thing. I, the volatility is cool if you've seen it before and you're willing to bet on it, but I haven't seen Juju put up huge numbers with the chiefs yet.
1: Yeah. I was a little discouraged last week, excuse me, by Naheem Hines usage when they didn't have Pittman out there. Um, It could very well just be because of how terrible the offense was last week. And uh, you could see his targets and, and, everything increased this week so maybe naeem hines if you need kind of a a desperation flex he's not the worst you could roll out there but outside of that like i don't want to roll out these wide receivers for the chiefs i don't think there's any way to know which one it's going to be this week and uh, i think maybe hardman if i had to like gun to my head but i'd I'd rather steer clear of that i definitely want to play those those pieces you talked about though because it's a high over under and those pieces are going to score
2: Yep. Uh, yeah. I have one little fun fact about this that I want to bring up. Uh, two QBs have fumbled the ball five times in the first week. First, sorry, first two weeks. And that was Baker Mayfield and your Colts, Matt Ryan.
0: Yeah, that's it. Last week was just so sad to see because Matt Ryan looked he didn't look great in week one, but he looked he looked pretty good in week one. You know, they moved the ball in the second half. I they got I, Michael I, Pitt I, the ball. It, that was good. Yep, and I expect, if Pittman is out there, I expect him to get the ball a lot in in this week. Um, He's definitely someone that is a smash play for me. Um, All right, let's jump over to the Bills 2-0 at the Dolphins 2-0. Game of the week, baby. Two and a half point over-under. Massive over-under. Bills minus 5.5. I know this might sound crazy, but I would almost take the – I would almost take the under on this. Um just because of how good the Bills' defense has looked. Uh they've and they've looked the, almost on the Dolphins'
1: defense has looked good in its own right.
0: To an extent. I mean they got ran all over by the Ravens until the fourth quarter of last
2: week. Mm-mm, no, no, no. By Lamar Jackson. Not by <laughs> yeah. the Ravens. Okay, That's and true. now
0: we're talking about Josh Allen.
2: Yeah. Yeah, point. it could be
1: it could be tough. And the Bills offense has looked so good that like I'm certainly not saying start the Dolphins defense. But I think your point about maybe the un, maybe this game hitting the under, uh, you know, that could be the case. Although, you know, we saw huge blow up games from both these teams last week. So it, it's tough to say, but I definitely want to start, you know, your your main starters in this in this game. Uh, Allen, Diggs, Hill, uh, Waddle are all fantastic plays.
0: If Davis is Gabe Davis is healthy. You're, you're rolling him out there, right? This is in a 52 and a half point over under. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Can you stream uh, to, to
2: replace like a Trey Lance? Absolutely. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh, to replace a Trey Lance for sure. This, uh, this isn't
1: the best matchup. Two. We've already talked about how good the bills defense is. So it's not the best matchup, but you know, going forward, like this may be, the hardest game that he has to play until they play the bills again later this year. So um, two is an awesome guy to add to try and replace Trey Lance or, or just one of these guys who's underperforming. Uh, you know, if you took Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that,
0: even in the hardest matchup with Waddle and Hill, anything could happen. I mean, Very true. It, it just, we saw what it did last week. I mean, those guys are just so fast and so sneaky. Good that anything could happen even against the bills defense that has looked unstoppable right now. Uh, How Um, do you guys
1: feel about the dolphins running back situation? Are you playing chase Edmonds or are you now interested in Mostert after he got the bulk of the work in week two? Uh, It was definitely an Edmonds court week one. So it's really hard to know what what they're doing there in the backfield.
0: Honestly, I wouldn't
2: start either one. Yeah. I'm trying to find other options.
0: Yep. It's unfortunate because I mean, Edmonds did look really involved in week one, but Mostert certainly looked more involved in week two. I don't think that we're going to know which one it's going to be until the game's going until it's it. You're in the middle of the game yep. and they're going to roll with the hot hand there and essentially just, just go with it. I mean, I, I wouldn't drop either one Edmonds or Mostert. I mean, cause both of them have injury history. And if one of them does go down, the other one steps right up into that to where I would possibly flex the other one. But right now, I I don't think I could trust either one. I agree. Um, what about the tight ends, though? Are you guys starting Dawson Knox or Gasicki? Or, you know, is there anything or any of the tight ends startable for you for either of these teams?
2: I mean, I'll play Knox in the tight end. I think there's a good chance he can get a touchdown in this game. Um, outside of that, yeah, I don't know
1: just got a lot more involved last Um, week i'd like to give him another week to see how that goes but um he did get a lot more involved in week two than he was in week one or than we saw during the preseason so i was i was concerned about him for this year we'll see how this week goes
0: yeah um all right let's jump over to the lions one and one at vikings one and one this actually has an even higher over under than the bills dolphins which is kind of crazy to me Tells you like when we were talking about Jared Goff and stuff 53 and a half point over under Vikings minus five and a half. Um, this Highest is gonna be, under the week, baby. Yeah, this is gonna be a crazy game. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, they're all smash plays this week. Uh, I think we could see some massive fantasy numbers out of all of these players. Uh, I can tell you. If we do not see something out of Dalvin Cook this week, because this is a game where he should go back to Dalvin Cook, I will start getting a little bit more worried. Um this should be the week where you see Dalvin Cook do something. Uh definitely.
2: So How about Adam Thielen? Are we flexing Adam Thielen?
0: I'm worried about Thielen. Um I mean, to be honest, I mean, we saw Irv Smith getting a little bit more involved in week two. Uh, I mean, Adam Thielen always has the ability to score touchdowns, but I am a little worried about his utilization in the offense right now. You know, I just seem to really see not the be same thing that we... go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was that was done.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I'm a little worried about him as well. We haven't seen the utilization that we've seen in past years. He is getting older. So, uh, it's possible that he's lost a step. It's also possible that he just wasn't part of the way they had scripted the game plans for the last uh, couple weeks. And then, or, and then last week, just, you know, they had a really bad game. The offense looked terrible. Uh, Kirk cousins continued, kept, kept turning the ball over all game. So, um,
2: Kirk Cousins playing like a Monday night Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'd I'd like to look elsewhere, but Thielen's always an okay flex with the touchdown upside. If he continues to play this way though, he's a player I'm really worried about, so I'd I'd like to not be playing him.
2: How about Chark or Jamal Williams on the Lions side? Do you want to flex them?
0: I would hold off right now. Jamal Williams more than Chark, honestly, but uh, I mean, Chark interests me, but uh Jamal Williams, I, I think if I was gonna flex either of them, it'd be Jamal Williams first.
2: I I think Jamal Williams would be a pretty fine flex with this fifty three and a half point over under. There's you know, if they use him in the red zone, um he's he's an active part of this offense and yeah, I, I wouldn't have a problem putting him in a flex if I didn't have any better options. Yeah, he's I will got got swift still Oh, sorry, go
1: ahead. He's got a good shot at a touchdown, so he's not that bad of a flex, especially in a deeper league or if your running backs are uh, not that great.
0: Yeah, I will say Swift uh, still has the questionable tag, but he did say that he's feeling a lot better and will be good to go again on, on in this game. So uh, he's, he's been not great. To worry about that one. Really, Yeah. Uh, OK, so Ravens one and one at Patriots one and one forty three and a half point over under Ravens minus three. I think this is mainly based on how good the defense is for the Patriots. Why the forty three and a half point over under and really the Patriots aren't moving the ball very well. Uh, we talked about JK Dobbins already. Um, we're talking about sitting him if he does end up playing, uh, the Patriots have only scored seven points and 17 points, whereas the Ravens have scored 24 in that massive 48 point game in week two. Um, they're not giving up a ton of rushing yards. The Ravens defense, are you willing to start any of the Patriots, uh, running backs this week?
1: I'm really go ahead, Josh.
2: Yeah. So if I'm, uh... If I'm being honest, like, yeah, I don't really want to start either of them. Um, Harris is the one that I want, though, in this this offense. He's only seen 32 percent of snaps and he's the highest scoring fantasy player on their whole team. Yep. Agreed with that.
0: What about you, Jordan?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about this offense because it seems like the the weak part of the Ravens defense is the secondary and the Patriots have really struggled to move the ball through the air. Uh, and they're currently their best wide receiver is banged up and has a knee injury that we didn't really know about. So uh, I'm, I'm worried about this pay and their quarterbacks banged up. He he's had a, a back injury. So, uh, I think that this could be a game that the Ravens really dominate, uh, bill Belichick's had some success on the defensive side against this Ravens team, but, uh, they looked really good out there, so I'm lining up my Ravens uh, as far as like Lamar Bateman and Andrews, and then trying to steer clear of all the New England players.
2: Yeah, I wanted to bring up too that uh, the the Ravens secondary is is banged up, but they also have Marcus Peters is the you know interception leader so far in the year with, with three interceptions. So it's still yeah. dangerous to throw into their secondary because they've still got a ball hawk out there.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump into the, the last game of the the week two preview for till Saturday. We got the Bengals 0-2 at Jets one and one, 45 and a half point over under Bengals minus four and a half. Um, I think the big one for this is going to be: do we see a Joe Burrow bounce back? Do we see him do what he should do against the Jets, or does that O-line continue to break down and not give him time? Um, you know, we we talked about you know how many sacks Burroughs already had this year and i mean if they give up 6 or 7 sacks to the jets there is a huge problem with that offensive line
2: yeah we uh, we learned well, something in this game if you ask me yeah. cuz the jets have only had like 3 sacks on the season um their defensive line isn't the worst in the in the league but it, you know it, they if they have a game against this Bengals O-line and they smash all over Burrow and Joe Mixon doesn't get the job done yeah I think the Bengals are in trouble and Joe Burrow's in trouble
0: yeah um so we're rolling out Burrow Mixon Chase Higgins uh and Wilson are you guys willing to start Hall or Carter or even Elijah Moore is there anybody else that you guys are willing to start on either sides here or where where are we at with those guys
2: I think a lot of people are questioning if they can start Garrett Wilson, and I'm going to go ahead and give you a confident yes.
0: I think Garrett Wilson is a, is a confident yes as well. Same. What about, what about Brees Hall, though?
2: I'm fine throwing Brees Hall in my lineup this week. Uh, I like the targets to the running back position. I like that Joe, the Joe Flacco's to thrown the ball more than anybody in the league. 104 attempts so far in two games
0: unbelievable at his age that he's still doing that. So they're not running <laughs> the ball crazy. but
2: the the opportunities are coming and a target is worth more than a run anyways.
0: Is Elijah Moore gaining on the drop candidate status for you guys? Yes.
1: A little bit with the utilization of Garrett Wilson in this offense and just how good he has been and the fact that we're going to see zach wilson come back probably next week it's gonna be interesting i want to hang on a little longer see what the targets look like in that zach wilson offense if i can um if if Moore has another bad week this week you might not have that opportunity because you might need to pick up starters we're going to start heading into bye weeks and so it's going to be tough to hold on to speculative guys
0: any longer after next week so uh, i'd like to hang on more but yeah, go ahead. I really want to see what this offense would look like if they started rolling Wilson out in two wide receiver sets with Elijah Moore. Like, I'm, I'm shocked that they haven't done that because Wilson's still only getting in on three wide receiver sets. But I really want to see them running the two wide receiver sets with those two.
2: I totally get that. But at the same time, Corey Davis is playing really well. So why take him off the field?
0: He is, but I mean, if you're going to target – if you're going to run Elijah Moore 97% of snaps and then you're going to play Garrett Wilson and target him nine – you know right every time times, he's on the when field when he is on the field why wouldn't you want him on the field i mean i just don't i don't get why you're going to target the guy you know every time you get him on the field but then take him off the field when your offense needs him
1: this is the fallacy of rational coaching man these coaches don't always do what's so obvious to so many other people which is okay this guy's your best player we all see that whether you do or not everybody knows it get him the ball so Uh, It it takes a lot of time with these rookies and some of these coaches like to really take their time with rookies, even when it's like bad decision making to do so. So it's, uh, you know, give him time, but he's already broken out at this stage. Last week was phenomenal. He was fine in week one. So he's he's still in my lineup everywhere. I have Garrett Wilson and um I'm Phil. We got rolling some great
0: out. rookie breakouts already. Woo! I mean, like, Dotson's yeah. look great. London's look great. London, my boy. I'm yeah. so excited about him. Um, He's yeah. is getting more involved. I mean, these rookies for two weeks. Everyone, we were telling everybody, wait, you know, give it time, give it time, and then boom, they all just came out and they've looked. Good. These Dotson, rookies have Dotson's good. been
1: great. Three touchdowns in his first two weeks. He's going to continue yep. to command a higher and higher target share. So, yeah, yeah, keep Wilson, rolling with these
2: rookie wide receivers. Yeah, Wilson, Definitely. Dotson, and London are all the top 20 wide receivers right now. And Traylon Burks leads his team in targets and seems to be acclimating to the offense, too. Yeah, and yep. his snap share is like going
1: it. way up. So, uh,
2: it's going to continue to And is getting into that offense, too. So, yeah, there's just Th-
1: this good, is why. This is why I'm telling people don't give up on Pickens yet. He had good draft capital to a team that has produced really good wide receivers from the draft. So give him a little bit of time, because if he's anywhere on the level that these other guys are on, then as soon as he starts seeing those targets, we're going to see fantasy results.
2: Yep, exactly.
0: All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode 13 we're cruising right along we've got the schedule set it feels so good to be cranking out the content um excuse me um we'll be finishing out the uh uh week 3 preview on Saturday morning we'll also be going over the DFS results and giving our new DFS lineups uh, for down. week 3 in the smackdown uh we did uh we it, it we did have our first punishment that'll come um and it'll be very entertaining to, to see, I, I actually can't wait for this for some um, of us, mainly because it's not me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I can't wait to, to do that. So we'll have our, our new lineups on Saturday morning, finish up the the week three slate that we have and, uh, you know, make sure to hit that like and follow button, give us some reviews. If you can, it really means a lot to us. We've uh, seen a lot of positive feedback on the podcast and, you know, everybody listening out there, we really appreciate this a lot. It's it's meant a, a lot to us. It's growing a lot faster than even I anticipated it doing, and it's it's been great. So Yeah, and we're three people um, that
2: believe in ourselves.
0: <laughs> yes. And you are many people out there that seem to like to listen to us. And um I'm I'm shocked. We're we're uh, you know, I mean we're pretty cool though, so I get it. So um you can find us on our main Twitter at best coast FF. Uh, you can hit us up on our individual Twitters at BCFF underscore Brandon.
1: I'm at BCFF underscore Jordan.
2: And I'm at BCFF underscore Josh. Uh,
0: you know, make sure to hit us up with any comments, questions, concerns, anything like that, that you guys have. Uh, we're down to answer questions all the time. I try and hop on there. I know the other guys do too. And, and answer start sick questions and, and all that stuff that, that we have and we see, we we jump into some other um, questions that we see for other people and give our feedback as well. So if you guys have anything like that, make sure to hit us up. We'll answer questions all the way up until your lineups, lineups are locked. I mean, we're pretty much always on Twitter. So if you got any questions, please let us know. Other than that, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us.